just want to run through for you my understanding of what we mean by the company of game changers and pretty much been in part of that apostolic. So one of my favorite verses is from a weird book called Habakkuk. Um, and it says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge or the awareness of the glory of, of the Lord as water covers the sea. And I like that verse because I think, well, how do you define the sea? You define the sea by water, right? So you don't say, like, you don't walk down the beach and say, I'm in the sea now, and then I take two more steps and I start getting wet. No, you wouldn't say that you're in the sea until you've started getting wet. So the definition of the sea is water. It's water. And so if you apply that to the earth, if you were a Martian living on another planet, the way that you would recognize earth for being earth is, oh, it's completely full of the knowledge of God. It's completely aware of God. That's, that's how the earth is defined. That's the ultimate defining point of the earth. It's full of the knowledge of God. That's God's intention. We're some way off of that. We're not there yet. Why aren't we there? Well, you see... During the fall, sin entered the world and it crept into our minds, it crept into nature, crept into entertainment, it crept into politicians and politics and all this kind of stuff. Wherever you look, sin has crept into those places, burrowed into those places because the doorway was open to sin. It took us away from God's intention. But God brought a cure through the sacrifice of Jesus. The death and resurrection of of Jesus was the antidote that broke the power of the curse of sin. And so when Jesus died, it's now calling for us to have a role. Wherever sin has seeped, salvation has to follow. God's not going to catch us all up in a a nice little chariot and run us off to heaven. That's not what we believe. We believe that God is still committed to his original promise that this whole world has to be filled with his knowledge. So if you're hoping that you're going to be rescued from this place, you've misunderstood what the Bible's saying. We are here for a purpose to bring things back to God's intent. So it, it can't be acceptable for Hugo to just complain about his work Because he's been planted there to bring salvation to wherever sin has creeped. So that's that's like the big, um, the macro story. Now, let's break it down into the, the micro. So if we imagine the world where we've been put, we've been put in situations that are dry, that are inhabitable, that are hostile environments. It's in these points that God needs to turn it into something different. So it says in Ephesians 3, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities of the heavenly realms. Okay, the bit I want you to focus on is, God's got all this wisdom, and it's all got to get into the earth, for the earth to be filled with his wisdom. He's going to do it through a tiny little hole in the atmosphere, which is called the church. 
So if you imagine, he's pouring it down and he chooses to pour his wisdom through the church, but always with the intention that it spreads out. It spreads out and it fills, it creeps into all, all areas where sin has crept. Salvation has to chase it out. So a church that looks to try and have a bottom on its cup, that tries to catch it all, is not an apostolic community. We have to be a channel to let the wisdom of God flow out. We have to have the answer as the church. We have to be the solution because God has chosen to use us. Now, how does he do it? So, zooming in a little bit further. So, we've got the church. But in Ephesians 4, verse 11, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so the body of Christ might be built up. So, those, what we talk about the fivefold ministry, they're given to empower us as the church, to be strong enough to carry salvation to the desert places that he's put us. So when we're talking about apostolic community, it's about a people that have gathered under that apostle because they've been given by God to channel through his wisdom that the earth needs to flood the, flood the land that has become dry and desolate. So I keep harking back to, to this image. So I know that I don't have enough resource in my cup If I'm Hugo, I don't have enough. I don't have the answers. I don't have the solution. I feel overwhelmed. I feel under it all. I know that I don't have enough. I know I need more. And so it's trying to think, where, which channel is God going to use to channel the resources that I need? Now, last time we were talking about the role of leadership. God gives us leaders for that purpose. Now, to build on this, this kind of image... Um, I've used this explanation before and I've added to it with other little pictures, so hang on. Um, So imagine this blue square represents God's purpose for the earth. This is how he wants it, this is how he wants to divide up responsibility for for stewarding and working his land. Now it's disproportionate, but otherwise you wouldn't be able to see it. So he's given a whole chunk of that responsibility to John and it's known as God's purpose in lifeline. John, and this is an example that I've used for a while, when Nathan was leading the youth, John would then give the responsibility for looking after the young people to Nathan, and that's God's purpose in the youth. Now, I was serving Nathan at that point, and so I had a little area that I was responsible for, which was um, a bunch of young people, some events that I was doing. That was the, the look of it, but first of all, I was given to serve Nathan in whatever he wanted. So that was my purpose in the grand scheme of things. And I had a line of sight to see, this is the purpose that I'm called here for. This is how I'm expressing it through that service. So I recognize that the, the land that I've got is not my own ministry, but it falls within someone else's land that they're responsible for. So I had to give account to Nathan because he was responsible for that land. He would have to give account to John because he was responsible for that land Further, So I couldn't just make my own decisions because there is a responsibility that I have to those that I'm serving. And I also had to remember that I'm, I'm primarily serving Nathan in those things. It's, it's not just whatever the young people want. I had to serve them in the spirit of what Nathan was teaching me. The thing is, the tools 
that I needed and the resources that I needed to, to turn that land into something fruitful, I didn't have enough. I didn't have it in myself. Nathan didn't have it in himself and John didn't have it in himself. So we're all looking to see, okay, where, where is this going to come from? And so we see that there's a pipeline that is coming through relationship down to me here. So the resourcing is going through John, through Nathan, through me, and that's what leads to fruitful, fruitfulness within my area of ministry. I expect to see breakthrough in the lives of the young people because I'm accessing the, the flow of grace that comes from the apostle to actually bring a difference to where I am. It talks about in Psalm 133 that when Aaron's anointed, the oil flows down from his head, through his beard, down to his feet. And so if you want to get the oil, which represents the anointing, you need to be under the head. You need to be correctly aligned. Because if I decided to go do my own thing, I would cut myself out from the pipeline that God had put there for me. Now, what, does this mean that I can only ever do what, what is told to me? Am I a robot that, that follows blindly? No, I, I don't believe that, and I don't believe that's the way that God works for us. So say there's a new area that we've never been involved in before. So I spot it. I think, actually, God's stirring my heart towards these people or this situation. Perhaps it's works in prisons. Okay, I, I don't think we've done much work in prison at this, this point, but there's, there's a documentary that I've seen or there's an opportunity that's come up. I think, you know what, God's building a compassion in me. So, do I then think, well, that must be mine, because I've seen it, no one else has told me to do it, therefore it's my ministry, it's, it's just between me and God. No, because if I've been joined to this community, been joined to this, this apostolic community, I know that that's where my resource and my grace comes for me to be able to be effective in that land. And so what I would do is I'd say, look, I bring it to the apostles' feet. It talks about that in, in Acts. When people sold their goods, they didn't say, this is just mine now to do with what I want to do with it. It's, I'm looking for the wisdom of God that comes through the apostle. And I'm going to say, this, I want you to use the wisdom that God gives you to allocate this in the most effective way. I do that in the same with opportunities I spot. I see, yeah, I would, I would say, John, I've seen this opportunity. I've been given to serve you. This is where God's planted me. Therefore, I would like to think that this comes under your leadership and your guidance. It's not mine, but I see our role in this. Now, John might, 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 might make the decision, okay, well, let me, let me delegate some authority for Nathan to look over that. And Nathan might say, well, you've, you've got a heart for it. Let's get behind you as you work in this new area. But there's a focus like. I can't bring what I need to bring to this area without the grace that comes through the apostle in order to, to turn the dry land into something positive. We've seen this example with people like Sally with Open Doors and, and Teresa with, with Esau. They saw an opportunity. Teresa was just at the school gates and got talking to another mother who couldn't speak English. And she said, oh, come back to my house and 
She started teaching her English through her children's school books. Suddenly she realized, wow, there's an opportunity here. Brings it to the church and says, this is what I'm facing. And suddenly there's a whole movement of a church to get behind the champion that has responded in faith. We've had... um, We see in this the real importance of team. One of the things that came up with the guys in Sierra Leone a while back is they're saying, I don't, we don't tend to use our initiative. We just wait until we're told what to do. But that doesn't fit with kingdom because God stirs individuals to see opportunities. Each of us is called to see. We're not just waiting for our leaders to tell us what is to be seen. But the way that we see and how we respond to it is, is so key. And even in this, it's so important that we keep in mind that we are ultimately responsible to God. So I can't just serve Nathan blindly. I'm still accountable to God, but the way that I express my serving to God is by serving the person that God's given me to. Now, does this mean that I just do everything that he says? No, it definitely didn't mean that when I was working with him. Because at times, Nathan's heart was not always reflected by his commandment what he asked me to do. And at times we had blinding rows, trying to figure out, I said, Nathan, I can't see your heart in what you're telling me to do here, so I can't do this. It would not be true faithful serving you if I did what you told me to do without it reflecting your true heart. So, for instance, if he said to me, um, Ben didn't turn up to youth the other day, demote him from being a youth leader. Uh, it doesn't fit with what I understand the scripture would say. It doesn't fit with, what I, with my conscience. And more importantly, Nathan, it doesn't fit with the heart that, you've, that I've seen in you. So I can't do that until we've wa- walked it through together. And so there was one issue that we just argued and argued over, over a number of weeks, because I couldn't see his heart. And I wanted to serve him the best I possibly could serve him, and not just do what he asked, because that's not true serving. Interestingly, we had a a situation where we had two of our young people go off to different universities at one stage, both of which got involved in their CUs, both of which were asked to lead their CUs. And one one guy kind of hadn't had this teaching and so had seen it as, well, there's no involvement from my church community in in this university, so therefore this must be my thing, I must come up with the answers, I must get different people's opinions of how to, how to do it. Another guy said, well, this is where God's planted me, therefore I bring it all underneath the power of the leadership that I'm involved in. Saw very different results in those, those two communities because one was accessing the flow and the power of God through this community. One was trying to do it out of the, the resources that were in their cup. Now, another terminology that we use, we talk about church as false. So I just want to give this to you quickly. So when we talk, talk as church is false, we talk about an organisation in which things happen. Sorry, church is filled. We talk about an organisation in which things happen. So it's all about keeping, keeping the resources inside the cup and not, not being something that flows out towards the rest of the church. So this focus is getting people in and keeping them in the church. It's about structure and programme. It's about numbers. It's about budget. And it's about escape from the world 
unless we lower our drawbridge, run out, grab them, drag them back in again, and we call it discipling the world, okay? We believe as churches of false, where we're equipping people to serve and go. More like releasing paratroopers out into the front line. So it's about training and equipping people to go. It's about people bringing change, um, people being changed and becoming whole, and bringing that change into the world that they're going to, being salt and light where they are. So the features of, of an apostolic community, we're talking about access, the breakthrough power. We're talking about catching the heart and vision for the world beyond our walls. We're talking about being equipped for impact and having a pioneering spirit. 